Welcome to Arrow Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm doing pretty well, actually. I'm doing fine. Cool. You good, know? Good. I, I just, I, I don't know, just feeling alright. No, no bad things are happening to me personally. Um, I feel healthy for once. <laughs> well, as healthy as I can feel. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Sweet. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Spent a lot of my weekend arguing with Turfs on Twitter. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. So like, that. It was, it was fantastic. It was great. They just they just like relentlessly argue with you and then you just like sort of blank them or just say stupid stuff at them or reply with like memes. Um, and they're like, why won't you debate me? I'm like, because I don't have to. Because <laughs> yeah, like, I'm an adult literally, and can make the decisions. Literally get a hobby. <clears throat> in, in any hobby. Yeah, just like, do anything. Right? Like, instead of like, you know, bullying trans people on the internet and trying to take their rights away. Why don't you just like, I don't know, play video games, cross stitch, paint some Warhammer, just do anything with your time. Um, but yeah, so instead of like, uh, relentlessly bullying actual people who it would harm or like, you know, being aggressive to people, they just tried to keep debating me. Um, and I just ignored them and then they continued to debate me. <laughs> it was very fun. It was a good use of, uh, ten hours of my time. So uh, that's how I spent most of my weekend. Cool. That was funny. <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, it was my birthday at the weekend, and now I feel very old. You are officially so, not young anymore. Yeah, I know. Crossed that threshold, and there's no going back. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm fine. I'm just having a, having a bit of an existential time. I think. Uh, I've got like this whole week booked off work, nothing to do. Booked it off in January, thinking, hey, this whole pandemic thing might be over, and I might be able to <laughs> safely travel around the country, see some people. But uh, <laughs> no, that was yeah, happen. you know, I could, I could. Like the rules aren't there anymore, but I, I also don't think that would be very responsible. And you know, I'm I'm a, a responsible adult now, apparently. So yeah. Um, uh, I have questions, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's a thing like you can go and do what you want, and I feel like you know if you're if you feel like you've got to be sensible with it, and it's only going to impact you and other people who have chosen to make those decisions. Then sure, yeah, go and do what you want. But a lot of us still have uh, things to consider, you know. Yeah, like, definitely. Uh, Canon, Canon should are two different things, and yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like the just because just just they can doesn't mean they should or whatever the Jurassic Park quote is, right? <laughs> they were too busy thinking about whether they could to think about whether they should or something like that. Life I finds a way. I should, I should know that quote. I'm in, I'm in that film. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm, the, I'm, I'm the, the, main, the main dinosaur guy. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the main dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I'm the main dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched that movie in quite some time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are festivals going ahead, and people are going to those. And I don't know if, like, if you're, you're able to like take the time off work if you get COVID and aren't going to infect anyone who's going to be deathly ill with it, then I guess it's kind of fine if you go and do what you like. Um, if you're comfortable doing that. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Maybe still wear a mask in Tesco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just an idea because it's Definitely. getting. I mean, people seem to have gotten more selfish somehow. <laughs> So like, people just leaving the trolleys in the middle of uh, aisles at Tesco so no one can get past. I'm like, even like without COVID, this is just a, a dick move. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like getting in my way constantly. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, the pandemic's still on, so be smart and sensible. Like yeah, I know the British population have been be. trying to trying to do do that as much as possible. Got to see my family over the weekend a bit. Oh, which, sweet. Nice. Yeah, was, I mean, that was always going to happen one way or another, definitely. Yeah. It'd been a, a big birthday, but yeah, it was all right. I uh, spent today sorting out a bunch of magic cards and sticking a cube together, so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely engage in magic somehow, <laughs> ever so slightly, but how about yourself? Have you played much this week? Uh, no. <laughs> I've, uh, I've put together the, the modern food deck. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, you take a lot of game actions and accomplish basically nothing. It's great, <laughs> but sometimes uh, win on turn two. Yeah, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, ha- I haven't really, I haven't played Magic because basically every opportunity I would have to play Magic, I'm working um, yeah. and running the events. It's just fine. Like I, I mean, I love being able to facilitate people playing Magic. Uh, we fired a draft this week. Oh, sweet! We did a Time Spiral remastered draft with oh, eight people. Nice. It's very cool. Uh, my friend Tom opened a foil ponder. Ooh, hello. Yeah, so that's uh, 300 euros. That's paid for the draft, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we had 19 people for Modern Eponym. Nice. Which is very cool, yeah. Um, it's been carrying on week, week to week. People are just loving being able to play Magic again. Yeah, um, I feel like that's like a good size. Like, where it feels like a... It probably feels like a proper FNM, but doesn't feel like a... Like... You know, like it, like a scary level side yeah. event. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, people are people are sensible, um, and if people aren't being sensible, they'll get kicked out anyway. Uh, but you know, we tell people they have to wear masks while they're inside the store. Um, you know, stay away from people if you're taking masks down to to drink and eat or vape or whatever. Yeah. Um, and people are sticking to it. And if people turn up without masks, we've got masks they can have. And I give them a little glare, being like, "Why don't you bring a mask?" Um, and they're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and they put on a mask and it's all fine. Um, and then, you know, that's that's 20-player events. So we, you know, you need to wear a mask. If I was running, yeah. like, I don't know, a three-day, thousand-person event, I'd maybe ask for vaccines as well. But I'm not the manager of Star City Games events, so who cares? <laughs> I'm assuming you've, 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 seen, you've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> they've rolled, rolled, seem to have rolled it back a bit because they've been contacting people who have... Who have experience with um, holding large events for people who've been vaccinated? So I think they are looking into it. But yeah, announcing that vaccines weren't required yep. for uh, SCG Con was was quite interesting. Certainly a look. Yeah. I don't know. We're only asking for for, for masks for, like I said, smaller events, like twenty people, less than thirty people. Um, mainly because I personally know like ninety percent of people turn up, and I know they're vaccinated anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we were doing like a three-day, you know, multiple hundreds of people in one room. Yeah, in I a convention centre, and yeah. like, you look at like the like the Flesh and Blood calling event that happened over the weekend, where you had like over a thousand players in the tournament. Yep. You're gonna get similar numbers for, for SCG Con. For sure. So, yeah, not a good luck, is it? No, um, and I think it's kind of wild. Like, these are the reasons vaccines exist so you can run events like this and then you're just going to say that people don't have to have them and sure like if a vast majority of the people though it's the states so probably not a vast majority of people um but if a vast majority of people are vaccinated then it does reduce the risk a lot of people getting ill but also it's still not great and stop being greedy with money and ignoring very sensible safety advice i don't know i didn't come into this podcast planning to come for uh 
prefer classic games, but they, they made a daft choice, and I think it's uh, worth mentioning that I think that is a very bad thing to have done. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I come with the hot takes, and, and then you turn them into measured. <laughs> I don't know. I. It, it's very. I mean, we, we talk about it a bit every week, but there, there's no stopping people, and yeah, you know, there are no rules, so people are going to do things regardless, aren't they? So I think if if you if you are a large tournament organizer with you know a long-standing reputation, then I, I think you should be you should be doing what you can to keep spread to a minimum, to host responsible and, and safe events, because these events are going to happen whether or not you host them or not yep. uh, I think it's much better that you know, somebody who knows what they're doing hosts them and hosts them in a, respons- uh, in a responsible way rather than just these caverns happening anyway and becomes yeah. better events For sure. so yeah I hope that they do roll it back I say from, from things that I've seen it looks like they have been contacting people uh, with experience of running events during current times um, so hopefully hopefully they, they will change their position yeah good I hope they do, um, because it, it seems very unsafe to not do that. So, yeah, agreed, agreed. Should we get into it then? Yeah, yeah. So we have the full spoiler for Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Uh, it, the set looks amazing. Um, I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's, it's spot on once again. They've got Innistrad right. I mean, I had complete faith that they would. Uh, and to me, it just looks like everything you would want from an Innistrad set. So far, every single time we've been at Innistrad, each of the sets has been fantastic and unique in their own way. Like we talked a lot about the mechanics and stuff last week, and talked about some of the cards, and like, and that was cool. Uh, we've seen, like I said, the full spoiler now, and there's a lot of throwbacks to things from previous Innistrad sets. There's a couple of reprints in here, but they've just they're just so on theme once again for Innistrad and that horror trope and what we're seeing from Innistrad now about them going back to the ways of the old magic and like that's all in there and I just think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think love everything, with, everything about this set. We think with uh, planes like Innistrad or just like planes that they have done a lot and understand their identity even if the cards were unplayable trash I would still appreciate what they've, what they've done to it so like when you have sets like Akoria uh, companions aside, <laughs> and all the cards are kind of <laughs> underwhelming, and, and like triumphs, and yeah, yeah the, the, the triumphs and Shark Typhoon are good, and the rest of it's kind of uninspiring, unplayable garbage. Um, then, We're not her side. Sorry? We're not her as well. Alright, I'm trying to think of a. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. If there are very few Excellent. Excellent, a crap set. Yeah, and, and I'm not into the, the lore at all, but like, if. If, yeah. if, uh, if Midnight Hunt was an Excellent. Then I wouldn't care because they've they've done so well with the flavour and the callbacks and the and everything. So kind of regardless of what happened with the set, as soon as they showed me Rain and Seven holding a pumpkin, I was kind of in. <laughs> yeah, but it turns out yeah, the cards are kind of cool as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we got we we didn't really go through them, um, but you know, Mark was what did his his usual spoiler article that he does where he lists some some cards people were. You know, people can get excited about and hyped about, and you know, one of them was oh, the return of of an old Innistrad favourite, and that sees tournament play, and 
I think a lot of people were expecting Snapcaster Mage, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little dis- disappointed that Snapcaster Mage isn't here. Um, I don't think it would be too powerful for Standard. I think it'd be a great reprint, and Flashback is one of the themes of the set anyway. So it's a shame we didn't get Snapcaster, mm-hmm. but we did get Delver Secrets. Yeah. That might single-handedly maybe start playing Pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Delver and Pioneer is really cool. Um, I, I think Delver's just a great card. It's obviously Brainstorm's been banned in Historic, so it's not going to completely ruin Historic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you still have Dragon Rage Channeler? So... Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. You still have Dragon Rage Channeler. Uh, so it'll see play definitely <coughs> in, in that deck. Um, yeah, it's a cool inclusion for Pioneer, and it you know might be playable in Standard. It's usually all right. People but try to play it. It's just an iconic card, just an absolutely iconic card, and yeah, I love to see it here. I, I will say I don't like the new art as much. I don't like the new art either. Um, I did see somebody ask um, if it was a reference to the fly, though. Oh yeah. So that was there. Uh, was yeah. it? Isn't Devil Secrets just a reference to the fly anyway as a card? Yes. Wait, someone was asking whether Delver Secrets was a reference to the fly. Yeah. Or whether this I thought you meant the specific art from this set. No one no. Y- yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Delver Secrets <laughs> is a reference to the fly. They, it's a man who turns They showed they showed the card <laughs> and they showed Yeah, the post that I saw was like a picture of the card and then a picture of like it's like screenshots from the fly. And then they said anyone else notice the similarities? <laughs> well I mean yeah, most people noticed them ten years ago. Yeah. Uh <laughs> But it, that was yes, quite amusing to me. Man turns into fly. Yes, that's a reference to the fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this one is probably more explicit because you've got like it looks like some sort of like chamber that is coming out of like like the fly. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I think with like the original one, you could probably draw like allusions to like Kafka's metamorphosis as well. Yeah. More so than you could. Than, than than just strictly the fly, but. but it turns yeah. into a fly. It does, <laughs> and also the Delver Secrets looks exactly like Jeff Goldblum. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I just love Delver. Delver's a super cool card. Yeah, I want to see if it does anything in Standard or it does anything in Pioneer, because um, it's currently not very good in any other format. It, yeah, I mean it's fine and pauper. I mean people keep yeah, it's true. fine and pauper and like the, the third, the third best Delver in Legacy. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's the worst <laughs> creature in Blue Red Delver. Yeah, <laughs> it's the word because obviously Ragavan and then yep. Dragon Rage Channeler and then I would I would say Murktide Regent's better than Delver Secrets. It's a better Delver than Delver, yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, so hopefully it shines somewhere again because it is no longer the best card. Pitch just a force of will; it's still good. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing <laughs> Dragon Rage Channeler can never do. Pitch the force of will. Yeah. Uh, just this set. I love this set. So we are going to go through our usual fun game of hit a myth. So we go through the mythics of the set. Fun's a strong um, word. Hey, it, it's fun. <laughs> I certainly have fun doing this. Yeah, I have. I don't um, know if it's fun to listen to, but I have fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun again for us, I think, right here. I think we're going to start off with a card we've already talked about a bit last week. Uh, that is Arlen, the Pax Hope. Uh, so she's two red green for legendary planeswalker Arlen. On the front has Daybound, so if a player casts no spell during their own turn, it becomes Night next turn. Uh, has plus one until your next turn you may cast creature spells as they had flash, and each creature spe- creature you control enters a battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. As minus three, create two 
two two green wolf creature tokens. Which uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. If she in the alternative art she is holding a wolf, that's a bear. It's a, it's a bear, right? Yeah, it's a two two. Oh God. On the back we have Arlen's Arlen the Moon's Fury. It has Nightbound, plus two, add red green, and has zero. Until end of turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a five five werewolf creature with trample indestructible and haste. Uh now I was told by our friend Casey that I got Daybound and Nightbound wrong with this card. Yeah. I don't remember what I said, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite remember what you said either, and I still don't really know if I understand Daybound <laughs> yeah, in regards don't. to this in regards to this card, like all no. of the others, I I I do, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I yeah. assume, yeah, I assume it's always going to be hit. It's always going to be the front. Of, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, uh, but I mean, someone... I'll wait for the release notes. That's what I'll wait for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone I respect and like as a person told me I was wrong, so I assume I am. It's yeah. not like if it was some idiot on Reddit telling me I'm wrong, I would if, if fight tooth and nail to prove that I'm not. But <laughs> Casey knows what she's talking about, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely. wrong. Absolutely, I definitely trust Casey on this one. <laughs> uh, what do we think about this card then? Hit or myth? It's a hit. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Don't even ask me. It's a planeswalker with four abilities. <laughs> it's a myth. Yeah. <laughs> planeswalker with four abilities and two sides. Uh, it's yeah. It, it's cool. It's cool. I like seeing. This this transformy all in is pretty cool, uh, and having that daybound nightbound mechanic on a planeswalker is unique too. Yeah, this is a very very easy hit. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how it works, but it is cool. Yeah, and that uh, that equinox frame is just incredible, absolutely incredible. It's fine. The 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 reverse side though, I think the. So I think the all in the packs hope it is all right, but then the the moon's fury side looks amazing. Big fan of that. Yeah, that is very cool. Art. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's very much fine. I don't dislike it, and if you do like so it, I won't take that away from you. <laughs> awesome. Let's move on to our next one. Then we have bloodthirsty adversary, one and a red for a two-two a vampire. It has haste, and when bloodthirsty adversary and it's the battlefield, you may pay two and a red any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one plus one counters on Bloodthirsty Adversary, then exile up to that many target instant and or sorcery cards with mana value three or less from your graveyard and copy them. You may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana cost. I don't know what this card does, but it I, has so many words on it that it must be a hit. Yeah, massive, massive paragraph. Um, I love this card. I think this card is absolutely fantastic. It is... It's a two mana two two with haste. That's mono red. That it means it's going to see some play definitely. Uh, but the ability just it gives it some game in the late game, which is is not something that you always have with with mono red cards. No, I like uh, the sort of kicker esque mechanic. Yeah, definitely. It reminds me of like a like a cop and dark dollars, in a way. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, like also the fact that it gets plus one plus one counters as well. So yeah, if you top deck this this late game, it's not just going to be. A two mana two two that can attack, which you, know, you find like a lot of mono red, red deck wins creatures usually are. So yeah, I, I think it's just really cool, super cool card. It's not quite the uh, the Snapcaster Mage that we were hoping for, but <laughs> I still think it's a hit. I think it's a really cool ability. Yeah, I think it's a cool design because like, a lot of mono red decks play something you know a, a Glorybringer esque card. Yeah. To try and bridge into the late game, and this means that your two two mana two two with haste can also bridge the late game. 
which is yeah definitely which is very nice it means you don't have to play play a five mana card that feels bad drawing it this is pretty good to draw well almost specifically on turn two and turn five but yeah. <laughs> it's not terrible on turn three or four either yeah cool and next up we have consuming blob there's three <laughs> green green for a creature ooze Consuming Blob's power is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. At the beginning of your end step, create a green ooze creature token with this creature's power is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. Tarmu's Goyf. Yeah, it's it's a Tarmu Goyf, it's an ooze, it costs five mana. I <laughs> love this. Love this card so much. Yeah, I think this is an easy hit, because I mean, Tarmu Goyf's a mythic, and this is a Tarmu Goyf that does more things. So yeah. it has to be a mythic. Right? That's yeah. how rarities work. <laughs> yeah, I think this card's super cool. I mean, in, in terms of limited as well, this card has to be a mythic because it's incredibly powerful for limited, I think. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah. Again, not sure why they've been loving users, but I, I'm a big fan of it. I, I do love and use myself. Strange, it's very yeah, nice. I, th I think it kind of makes sense for this set with there being like so many horror tropes and stuff. With yeah. Consuming a blob is literally it's you know the blob is, is a horror trope. It's a horror monster that we've seen many times before. Is that a reference so it's to cool the thing, fly? Yeah. Is there to what? To the fly. The fly. Uh, no, that would be a reference to Metamorphosis by Kafka. <laughs> Which is a reference to Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's super cool. <laughs> super cool to see it on on, on this card here. Oh, for sure. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I mean, blobs have been like oozes have been an Innistrad thing since Innistrad. With, like, yeah. Gutter Grime and uh, Inexorable Blob. Is that the one from the yeah, yeah. Um And yeah, the oozes are a thing and they're kind of gross. And someone in R&D has an ooze tribal commander deck and <laughs> they want it to not be terrible anymore. So we have to see <laughs> blob. And yeah, it's just it's a cool card. Yeah, love it. Easy, easy hit for me. Cool. Next up, then, we have Enduring Angel. It's two white, white, white for an angel. It's flying double strike. You have hexproof. If your life total would be reduced to zero or less, instead transform Enduring Angel and your life total becomes three. Then if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. Uh, on the back, it's Angelic Enforcer. It has flying. You have hexproof. And its power and toughness are each equal to your life total. And when it attacks, double your life total. Here's your bulk mythic. Yeah, we talked about this one last week. I I love this card. I think this card is is probably very good and we'll see some standard play, but outside of that, absolutely not. Unless you're playing like an Angel Tribal Commander deck, we're going to get quite big in Commander, right? Uh, whenever they print a Mythic Angel, it tends to be worth at least something because Commander. Yeah. So even, you know, Baneslayer Angel, when they reprinted it and it was worth nothing, it still managed to go back up because people still want it for their Angel Tribal Commander decks and this will fill a similar role <laughs> it's just an angel with a lot of words on it that seems powerful and it has a life gain theme yeah yeah so, it's yeah. good I, I like it a lot um, yeah I think just that ability of like feels like quite on flavour it's, it's power and toughness equal to, to your life total it's you know as long as you have 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 some life you have some belief in the angel you have devotion to the angel devotion to the church devotion to Avacyn or whatever then yeah, the angel gets powerful. And the more life you have, I guess the more devotion you have and it gets stronger. I yeah. I I just think it's cool. It's an easy hit for me. I think Even instead of them, angel. them writing like stories, which they haven't done for a while, is <laughs> they just show you cards. 
Yeah. I'm used to just make up law on the spot about what it means. <laughs> yeah. Devotion. I like that thing about devotion to Avicenna and like the more life you have, the more devoted you are. I like that. That's good. I mean, yeah, it means about as much as the Lord is these days, right? Yeah, let's move on then. Next up, we have one of my favourite named cards in the set. We have Hostile Hostel. It's a land. Uh, it has tap to add uh, one colourless. Uh, you can pay one and tap it, sacrifice a creature, put a soul counter on Hostile Hostel. Then if there are three or more soul counters on it, remove those counters, transform it, then untap it. Activate only as a sorcery. And on the back, it is Creeping In. It's an artifact creature. It's a horror construct. And it's a 3-7. And has whenever Creeping In attacks, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life. Where X is the number of creature cards exiled or Creeping In. I think you pay 4 and it phases out. Uh... Is I don't understand this card. It's truly bizarre, uh, and I it's very love strange. everything about it. It's a land that turns into a, an artifact creature, Torah construct. I love it, absolutely love it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen we've seen lands that turn into creatures before in in Estrad sets. Um, Westvale Lobby last time was mm-hmm. was fantastic. That's one of my favorite magic cards ever. I think it's such a cool card. Yeah, I I actually played a game of Commander a couple of weeks ago. And attacked with Ormondal for the first time. Oh, ever. Sweet. <laughs> Actually managed to transform it and attack with it. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird because normally when you know things require like like with um, no good Rustbell Abbey, like it's quite a big cost to get it to flip. But once it flips, it's just kind of a monster, yeah. and it's really stupid. This is a three seven. Yeah. <laughs> with a random triggered on attack ability that is kind of okay, but is also like. It eats into your resources, not just good by itself. If you have no creature in your graveyard, then it doesn't really do that much, I guess. Um, and then it phases out for some reason. Yeah. I guess this is going to be a pretty big beater eventually, because it remembers how many creature decks are to it, but the kind of decks that want to have creature cards in their graveyard want to keep creature cards in their graveyard, rather than X on them to this creeping in. Yeah, usually, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on with that ability, or what's going on flavor-wise at all, but I love it. I think, for me, this this 100% spot, like, has that mythic spark to it. Like, it feels mythic, because it's, oh, so, sure. yeah. it's so strange and it's so odd. And I don't quite understand why it does any of the things it does, but I love everything it does. Yeah, I mean, I like, sort of, lore-wise, it's like, it's it's a, a hostel that sort of remembered what Hamwai the Rowing Township did. Yeah. Because Hamwai the Rowing Township was a <laughs> a village yeah. that got up on some legs because it was an Eldrazi. <laughs> and obviously the Eldrazi are gone, so this is just like, oh, I remember it saying doing that, I can do that. And then it just like pulls massive roots out of the ground yeah. and starts walking on them, <laughs> which is very, very cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like this card a lot, I just don't really, I don't really understand it. Yeah. It's, it's a very strange design, which is cool. Like I like to be baffled by designs every now and again. Yeah, again, that plays into the horror themes as well, you know, you scared of the things you don't understand so it, it, on the front of it on the face of it it might look like a, a bit of a creepy hostel but lurking underneath is that that creeping in that rivaling monstrosity yeah big fan big fan of this oh i love this plane so much innistrad's just such a cool plane and they just get it right every time let's move on then next up we have intrepid adversary one and a white for a human scout it's a three one with lifelink uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may pay one white any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many Valor counters on Intrepid Adversary. 
Creatures you control get plus one plus one for each Valor counter on Intrepid Adversary. How do you feel about this one? It's the same as the other one, kind of. What's the other but one? For white. By Bloodthirsty Adversary, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so there's a cycle of adversaries that have this, this multi-kicker thing. Um, and this is just like a two mana, three one with lifelink is fine for your white weenie deck yeah. on turn two. And then it becomes an anthem, including itself. So if you play four mana for it, it's a four two with lifelink. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just scales into that again. I'm not sure it feels that mythic, really. Yeah, I agree. I think I this one's. For me. I think this one's a bit of a, a bit of a myth for me. Um, yeah. I think if they juice the stats up a bit, like two mana for a three one with lifelink, like doesn't doesn't seem great. Like it, it's it's a three one. Like that is that is is not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I would have liked it to like make soldier tokens for each time you kicked it. Yeah, or I think, and then just give them a flat plus one plus one or something. Yeah, or I think even if they'd flip the stats the other way around, I would be more excited about this. A one three, yeah, yeah. And a one three, and then every time you kick it, it gets a, you know, it gets counters on it as well. It gets bigger. Yeah. Or yeah, I think give it vigilance or something as well. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, it, it, it just seems like an okay card, but just doesn't seem exciting it doesn't really feel mythic to me so i i think this one gets a myth yeah i think i agree the art's cool though that's very cool but that does not a mythic make that's true that is true i mean i mean sometimes it might sometimes it might but certainly not here yeah unfortunately yeah let's move on quickly then to jaron corrupted bishop two and a black for legendary creature human cleric Whenever Jaren Corrupted Bishop enters the battlefield, or another non-token human you control dies, you lose one life and create a 1-1 white human creature token. You can pay two, target human you control gains lifelink until end of turn. At the beginning of your end step, if you have exactly 13 life, you may pay four black black. If you do, transform Jaren. He transforms into Ormondal, the Corrupter. It's a 6-6 legendary creature, it's a demon, flying trample lifelink, and sacrifice another creature, draw a card. It says 13 on it. Yeah. It's a Joe card. <laughs> <laughs> Two 13 cards in one set. It's a spooky, spooky card. Uh, yeah. There's, there's again, like a whole a whole book's worth of text on the front, and on the back, it's a legendary demon. That's a 6-6. Six, six. It's, it's pretty good, right? Y- yeah, I guess. Like, it's, it's not going to flip that often, because you have to get to exactly 16 life. 13, 13 life, sorry. Yeah. And pay 6 mana. Um, but when you do, it's very good. It's a commander card for sure. <laughs> Sacrifice another creature draw card is pretty powerful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's cool for me. This this feels like a hit because I guess for, for a bunch of reasons really. Like, it, it, yeah, it has it has a bunch of text on it. It's doing stuff to to trigger itself. It cares about thirteen. It's spooky. And then on the back, it turns into Ormondal, who's a character we've, we've seen before. Uh, I th- I think this is one where the art does help make it a mythic as well for me. Like I really love seeing like the both sides. Like you see you see the scene from like Ormondal's point of view, looking down at Jaren, and then on on the reverse, you see I guess the reverse of that. You see looking up at, at Ormondal, and just what a just a, a fantastic just spooky evil statue he's got there stood there and the uh the old the old art the sketch the sketch art i'm not sure what they're calling those ones 
Uh, the art on that is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But I think the, the thing that lets it down for me slightly is that like Ormondal's a 6-6 six, six now when he used to be a 9-7. So what's going on with that? I think it would be a little bit too good if it was a 9-7 on the back. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. With trample and lifelink and flying. Uh, I mean, I guess the the stats on the back are kind of... They really matter that much, do they? Yeah. When you have to jump through so many hoops to, to get it to transform. And then... <laughs> And it has a bunch of keywords and everything. I don't know. It's uh, I, I still think it's a hit because it, it does so many things. It feels like the spiritual heir to something like Micaeus. Yeah, definitely. It's it's uh, and I, again, I I like seeing that continuity. Yeah, uh, that continuity when it comes to you know Westvale Abbey before we were just talking about one of my favourite cards in any Innistrad set, and then seeing the continuation of that story here is super cool. Maybe yeah. maybe it's planting seeds for future Innistrad returns as well. Yeah, I'd like to know more about Ormondal. Yeah, same. And why Ormondal is like a massive legendary demon who has nothing to do with Liliana. Yeah, no, he's, he's the corrupter now. Before he was the profane prince. So I want to know what's going on with him. We'll probably never know. Well, you'll, you'll never know. So just make it up. Yeah. Just make a story in your head. Cool. Well, regardless, it's a hit from me, definitely. <laughs> sure. And next up we have Lyre. Lyre, Disciple of the Drowned. Three blue blue for legendary creature, human wizard. So 3-4 and has spells can't be counted. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to be derogatory, but I heard I saw a bunch of casuals talk about this being like, oh my god, I love it. It's, like, it's just because you don't know how to play around card spells. <laughs> you know how like, every every new person in magic hates card spells, yeah, hates control decks, because they, they're like, they just always win, they don't have card spells, it's ridiculous. It's because uh, you're not good enough at magic yet, and that's fine. So a bunch of people love this because spells can't be counted. I think it's interesting that it says spells can't be counted, not spells your opponents cast. Yeah, yeah. So, so sorry, spells you cast. Um, so it means you also can't can't spell your uh, your opponent's cards. But you get it's a pretty good upside <laughs> in the fact that yours can't be counted either. And then obviously everything has flashback, which is silly. Yeah, there's your snapcaster mage. I I love this card. Absolutely love this card. Um, I I don't know if it'll be good enough to see play, but I certainly want to try this and add Nauseam Tendrils. Um, of course you do. Yeah, it's, it's past in flames, but on a creature, and the spells can't be counted. It's yep. fantastic. Like, it can't be fluster-stormed. It's sick. This this card's really, really cool. I uh, definitely want to try it as, as a one-of. Um, I'm, playing two, uh, past I'm playing two past in flames anyway, so why not play one past in flames and one with these? Yeah, I mean, how often are you, are you casting the passing flames from your graveyard for five mana anyway? Very rarely. Sure. And you can you can cast Eve out of the sideboard easy enough. So, I mean, I, I you know obviously Eve and this are different in terms of of what they are, of what they they are what the role they play in the deck. But the mana cost the same. And yeah, I think if you can cast Eve with it's like three green pips, you can cast two blue pips easy enough. I guess the only problem is that this can be counted. Yeah, for sure. But obviously, passing flames can but, also be counted. Yeah, so can passing flames, but this one can't get fluster stormed at least. This is true, but I mean, passing flames has the flashback, so you, you're not completely dead on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's certainly interesting. Yeah, I, it just it's just potentially an, uh, just another line, which whether or not it will be good enough, time will tell. But I, I certainly want to get one and, and test it out for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a hit. Yeah, I don't know who this person is and why they're a really powerful mythic in the set, but sure. Yeah, same. <laughs> No idea at all. Absolutely no idea. 
but it's really cool. It's such a cool card, and I love the I love the art again, like the sketch art on it as well. It kind of looks like I don't know. I'm getting like big like Frankenstein's monster vibes vibes from it. I'm getting like Hulk vibes. <laughs> <laughs> It looks really like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I don't know which Incredible Hulk you've been watching. Uh, this one. <laughs> this one. It's called, called Leia. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love this card. I think it's cool. Easy hit for me. Next up, then, we have Lord of the Forsaken. It's four black black for a creature demon. It's flying trample. You can play black black and sacrifice another creature. Target player mills three cards. You can pay one life to add one colorless mana. Spend this mana only to cast a spell from your graveyard. And it costs it to 6-6. Six, six. It doesn't even give creatures plus 1 plus 1. No. It's, yeah. Lord of the Forsaken is that? Yeah, Lord of the Forsaken. Uh, it's 6-6. Six six, six. That's got to be a hit alone, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It has finally finally going back to correct that. The mistake they made with Grizzlebrand. 6-6-6. Six six, six. It's got the 6-6-6 six, six, six there. It, it does, you know... Evil things like mill your opponent, like <laughs> no, it mills, it mills me. Yeah, oh, target player, so you can mill yeah, anybody. It mills me, and then it can give me mana to cast spells from my graveyard. Oh, you can just After mill, them, mill you can mill your opponent. Nah, what do I do now? I can mill myself. You can mill your opponent. So you sacrifice a creature to mill your opponent, and then you pay life to cast that creature from your graveyard, and mill your opponent again. How am I? Casting creatures from my graveyard. Uh, add color, pay one life to add one colorless. Spend this mana only cast a spell from your graveyard. Okay, but this doesn't give me the ability to cast spells from my graveyard. You'll find a way. Have You'll find a way. <laughs> You'll <laughs> find a way. <laughs> there are very few creatures that can be cast from your graveyard, and most of them are in this set. <laughs> but I like this card a lot. Uh, it's a demon. It does demon things, and uh, I'm going to probably put it in my Marin deck. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a great, great place for it there. Yeah, I just love it. It's a huge demon. The fact that it's a six mana six six alone is uh, is good enough for me. Good enough for me <laughs> yes. to get it hit. Six six six. Six uh-huh. six six. There's the joke. <laughs> now I just need to print a creature that's uh, a four twenty, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get complete. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Let's move on to the red mythic then. We've got Moonvale Regent. Three in a red for a 4 4 creature, dragon, flying. Whenever you cast a spell, you may discard your hand. If you do, draw a card for each of that spell's colours. When Moonvale Regent dies, it deals X damage to any target, where X is the number of colours among permanents you control. What is this card? <laughs> it's a very strange one, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess if Nivmizzet Reborn is still playable in a format, this is probably a reasonable card for it for the deck. Yeah. But you can't find it off Nivmizzet. It's very strange. Uh, it, yeah, it, it does it does things. It, it, feel, <laughs> it feels it feels very odd because it it like the first half of the card, like the top half of the card, very much just I guess and the bottom the bottom right corner very much just seem like. It's the red mythic dragon of the set. Uh-huh. Like it's a four mana four four. The dragon flies, and then the rest of that text box is just incredibly odd for the red mythic dragon. Yeah, in not really a multicolored focused set. Yeah. So what's it doing? Two damage, most of the time. 
Maybe three? Yeah, quite well. I guess yeah, most of the time it's gonna do one or two damage really. Yeah, it's very it's it's very odd. But I think the the first paragraph sort of is enough. But yeah. you'll probably hell bent a lot of the time in, in a red deck that wants to play this, so you can just keep cantripping and that's fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's it. Like it's a it's a big mythic red dragon that can draw cards. That's pretty cool alone. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's going to do some damage as well. Yeah, it's a it's it's a cool card. It's, it's a hit regardless. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think so. I you know whether or not it'll make you know whether or not it'll see play in the in the mono red dragons deck that will undoubtedly be in standard. Time will tell. Uh, it's certainly not as good as Goldspan Dragon, but it's a cool card. It, 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 it's a Mogfennec. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big dragon that's also a sure. Mogfennec, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's move on to another one, which I think is, is even more of a hit. This is Poppet Stitcher. Two and a blue for a human wizard. It's a 2 3. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2 2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more creature tokens, you may transform Poppet Stitcher. It turns into Poppet Factory. Uh, creature tokens you control lose all abilities and have base, power, and toughness 3 3. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may transform Poppet Factory. Yeah. This card is so cool. It's, it's just like very strange and very odd, and it's like Pinocchio gone, gone wrong, uh, and I love everything about it. It's super cool. It- <laughs> it's very odd. I love how they keep finding ways to inject more like Innistrad lore yeah. into into Innistrad, even though we've got enough to be going on with. Uh, it's just very, very odd that there's just this guy that makes these things that are called puppets, I guess. Yeah. They're these like, horrible little homunculus zombie things that kind of look like Umpalumpas, honestly. They've all got different headies. That freaks me out. <laughs> if they were all bold. That would be okay, but they've all got like different. This one's got like a ginger sort short back and size. This one's got like long blonde hair. It's very creepy. Yeah, it is. It's like it's like some sort of weird like you know like reanimator slash puppet master slash gremlins thing all all gone wrong. And then like yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the story is here, but it looks like that the uh, the puppets turn against them and throw them into the machine, and then. <laughs> They all make it. He he becomes the factory. Yeah, but then you can turn him back into the Stitcher, so I guess he gets out again. For yeah, a bit. maybe. And they let him out for a bit, and then he, they throw him back in, and then they let him out for a bit, and then throw him back in. I just love it. It's so just like grim and dark, and it it, it just it really it's one of those cards that just really manages to capture like the the grim humor of Innistrad. Because I feel like a lot of the cards, are like yeah, there's a hell of a lot of horror in the set. But there's also a lot of humour as well, and sometimes you get this crossover like this, and yeah, I think this is a fantastic representation of that. It's just very weird. Yeah. And that's good. That's Love it. Good. Love it. Definitely going to try and make this work in standard somehow. Yeah, for sure. Easy, easy hit from me. Probably the easiest of the lot. Uh, next up, we have Primal Adversary. It's two and a green for a creature wolf. It's a 4-3, that's Trample. And when a primal adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay one and a green any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one plus one counters on a primal adversary, then up to that many target lands you control become three three wolf creatures of haste that are still lands. Uh yeah. 
This this is like sure. five times as good as Intrepid Adversary, like at least. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's so <laughs> stupid. Okay. Yeah, it does a very similar thing, but also makes creatures. Yeah, it's a three mana four three with trample at the worst. Like, yep. It's, yep. That's very good. That's very good. Or it could be a f- five mana five four with trample that also brings along a three three. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very silly. This card's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's 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 great. Splashy green mythic. They keep doing it to us. Yeah, they do, and I, I think I think this one is definitely going to see a lot of play in standard. Um, probably not good enough for anywhere else, I guess, unless you have a wolf slash werewolf commander deck. I'm sure it'll go straight in there, but it's a cool card. It's definitely a cool card, and. Yeah, if, if we're comparing this to like the rest of the cards in the, in the adversary cycle, I think this one this one just gets a hit from me definitely. It feels incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's a big wolf. <laughs> <laughs> big wolf that sometimes enough. sometimes brings the pack with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on then. Next up, we have Sigarda, Champion of Light. One green, white, white. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sigarda's great. Flying Trample, Humans to Control get plus one plus one. She's a four four. And whenever she attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human creature card from among them, put it in your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. It's Sigarda. Yep. Easy, it's hit. easy hit. <laughs> yeah, Sigarda is the Sigarda's the new arson. Uh, yeah, very much a hit. This card is fantastic. It's good to see play across a couple of different formats, I think. Uh, the sketched variant art is amazing as well. Big fan of this. It's incredible, yeah. That's my favourite, like... Probably my favourite art from the set, honestly. It is very nice, very nice. With the candles around her and her lovely midsummer flower crown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy hit then. Let's very easy. Not spend too much time. We go to Sigurd and Saber next. That's three white white for a creature angel. So three three. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, return up to two target creature cards of mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Ooh, it's interesting. I love I love Revelark. Yeah, I love Revelark style cards. I love Karmic Guide. Uh, I kind of dislike bring... that it's when you cast. Yeah, it can. Uh, it's yeah. If if you cast it, so it's when it enters the battlefield. But if you cast it, yeah. So you can't just reanimate it and have it trigger. Yeah, yeah. Like with Karmic Guide, where you can do some shenanigans. But uh, yeah, I, I I like this card. It seems very powerful. It's got a value for five mana. Yeah, five mana three through fire, and then you also get two. Probably at least two power creatures or any yeah. tiny creatures. Get to bring back a Thalia and a Thraven Inspector. Yeah, like I'm very excited to um, to reanimate like a Wall of Blossoms and a Wall of Omens in Cube. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> <laughs> With this kind of thing, like do that kind of deck, a Birthing Pod style deck. Uh, but I guess you have to cast this, so you can't pot into it and get the value. But you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's just a good value card, and I like, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's super cool. I, I like it. Five mana. 3-3 three, three Angel that reanimates two things is cool. Definitely cool. Sure. Definitely good enough. Definitely that's great sparks well. that mythic feeling. Yeah, the art is fantastic too. Yeah. Nice easy hit again, I think. Mm-hmm. And next up we come to Spectral Adversary. One and a blue free creature. The spirit. The 2-1 has flash flying. When it is a battlefield, you may pay one blue any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, but that many plus one plus one counters on it. Uh, 
plus that one, I'll do that one again, put that many plus one plus one counters on Spectral Adversary, then up to that many other target artifacts, creatures and or enchantments phase out. This is a strange one. Yeah, there's your Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. It's a two mana two on the flash. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just kind of a weird one, it's like a, I don't know, I guess white wasn't allowed to have Teferi's Protection to itself. Yeah. Uh, obviously this is a very expensive sort of Teferi's Protection style card. Incredibly expensive. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's you know, a 4 mana 3 2 flash flyer that can save a thing. That seems pretty good. Yeah. It's like true, a Venza style card, right? Yeah. And you don't even have to recast it. You can just save stuff. I think this is pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's just it's a tricky tempo sort of card, right? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it seems not very good as a 2 mana 2 1 flyer with flash. But yeah, for 4 mana, it being a 3 2 that protects another artifact creature enchantment you control seems pretty good yeah like you attack well, I don't know like in their turn they use some kind of removal spell and you have a 3-2 flyer and get to save that creature comes back it's just it's just a good tempo play and I, I like this design quite a lot yeah and obviously if you, if you have loads of mana you're like holding up a counter spell or something you can just save a bunch of things if they if they wrath then I guess you don't get to keep the adversary but there's a lot of play to this card I like it a lot but yeah the, the sort of yeah definitely 2 mana 2 one is not great yeah, it, it's certainly not as good as good as the wolf, but yeah, I think even if you yeah do it once, four mana three two that protects something. I I think that's good enough, and I, I really like the fact that it's a spirit. The spirit causes things to phase out as well. is It's pretty cool. It's pretty spooky. So yeah, we can give it a hit. We can give it a hit. Yeah, I, I think it's just think it's a cool design. Nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. feel like this card could have been this. What is what the white one could have done? <laughs> because yeah, seen, probably. Like, yeah, cards that do very similar things to this, where they flash in and save something. Yeah, um, the the white one could have done um, this, and this one could have just like drawn cards. Yeah, that would have been good enough. It's uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 a cool card. I like it a lot. Yeah, picture the force. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up then we have Sunstreak Phoenix, 2 red red for a creature, Phoenix, the 4-2, has flying, and if it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as Sunstreak Phoenix enters the battlefield. When day becomes night or night becomes day, you may pay 1 red, if you do, return it from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. There's Phoenix, there's yeah. Phoenix. It's the mythic Phoenix, and it has the set mechanic on it. It's, yep. yeah, kind of bog standard, but... Uh, I think this one's really cool. The fact that it's a phoenix yeah. and cares about, you know, cares about the sun, is yeah, super faithful, and yeah, I think it's great. Big fan of this one. Easy hit for me. Yeah, I think it's kind of odd that it doesn't turn night into day. It's only if it's not day or night it becomes day. So yeah. If it's already night, then it doesn't turn it into day. I just think that's odd because I guess then it would be able to actually affect creatures in play, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it still does. I still don't know how this works. Uh, Casey, I'm sorry. I don't know how this mechanic works. <laughs> Please don't shout at me. <laughs> I'm very stupid. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a, it has the set mechanic for returning from the graveyard to the battlefield, which is what phoenixes, especially mythic phoenixes, have done yeah. forever. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about it. This is the. I don't know. It doesn't feel mythic to me, but it, it's sort of a mythic phoenix design, which is very niche thing that they've been doing for a long time so I guess it works yeah yeah I love it next up then we have the last of the adversary uh, cycle we have a tainted adversary one and a black for a 2-3 as a zombie with death touch 
When it enters the battlefield, you may pay two in a black any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one plus one counters on it, and then create twice that many 2-2 black zombie creature tokens with Decayed. Army and a can. Yeah. I kind of wish these ones didn't have Decayed. Yeah, that would be cool if they didn't have Decayed, but I, I, I think this is a hit, definitely. Like, the later in the game it gets, the more mana you pump into it, the bigger the army, bigger the zombie horde that it brings with it. Is I I just think it's great. Love this card. Yeah, I mean Army of the Damned, right? Yeah. And this ranks under it. It's very innest ready. Uh, also, two minutes two through with Death Touch. Kind of fine. <laughs> Not terrible. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. Definitely. I think this is. I don't know. I don't know where I place this. In, this in the cycle, to be honest. I mean, certainly better than the white one. Um. Probably. Better, I don't know. Yeah, I think the fact that the like, the zombies are decayed, I don't think it's gonna be quite as good as the blue one, but it's still a pretty cool card nonetheless. Yeah, I just like the design. I like yeah. the, the adversary cycle loads of design. It's very cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good design space. So hopefully they'll revisit and tweak around, play around with it in the future. But again, yeah. this feels like a hit to me. Let's get to it then. Let's get to it. Teferi, who slows the sunset. Two white blue for legendary planeswalker Teferi. Comes in with four loyalty and has plus one. Choose up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, and up to one target land. Untap the chosen permanence you control. Tap the chosen permanence you don't control. You gain two life. Minus two, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them in your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. Minus seven, you get an emblem of untap all permanence you control during each opponent's untap step. And you draw a card during each opponent's draw step. <laughs> this card's gonna make people so angry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of it's a very hero of dominaria. Yeah, sort of. It's it's like it's another Teferi that's just good. It's not busted. It's it's not I don't think it's quite on the same level as Teferi Hero of Dominaria. It's certainly not as good as Time Raveler, but I think it's better than the previous Teferi that we saw. I think it's just good. I think it's just good and very playable. It's a cool card. Yeah. Really cool design. Yeah. I mean, an emblem that gives you an extra turn in the middle of everyone else's turns is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a planeswalker. You know how I feel. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy hit. hit. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad this one doesn't have, like, 800 different variants. Um... But I, I, I'm always going to give a Teferi a hit, I think. Love yeah, Teferi. Love, those, love yeah. those cards. They're always they're always just... I mean, they're usually playable. They're usually playable. But I, I think yeah. this one's good. I think this one's going to see a lot of standard play. I don't, I don't know. I'm unsure if it'll see play elsewhere. I potentially could see some, like, some minimum Pioneer play, but I, I think this is just a good card. Solid, solid Planeswalker. Yeah, I agree. This next card, though, I do love this one a lot. This is the Meat Hook Massacre. Like it sounds like a, like a slasher film already. It's X Black Black for a legendary enchantment, and when the Meat Hook Massacre enters the battlefield, each creature gets X gets minus X minus X until end of turn. When a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life, and when a creature an opponent control dies, you gain one life. It sounds like a really bad grindcore band. Yeah, the Meat Hook Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> Like just a, a very bad 
generic metal band. See them being uh, like the support act for like Dying Fetus or whoever. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dying Fetus. What a band. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a wrath that sticks around. Yeah, it obviously Massacre Worm is, is, is the worm that it's, I guess, the card that's calling back to. Uh, yeah. But I guess. I guess just massacre effects in general, right? I guess that's what the, what the minus X minus X thing is. Uh, but this yeah. this card is amazing. I love everything about this. St- sticks around as a really cool enchantment. And that art, that art is just like so grim. I love it. Uh, yeah. You like Dead by Daylight? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, stuff. people certainly do. I can't say that I've played it, but people certainly. Do you play that game a lot? Oh, it's, it's a good game. I like it. Yeah, it's seems fun. fine. It's seems fine. And it's it's got hooks in it, and you tend to kill people, so that's why it's a reference. Oh, not like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference or anything. No, I can't think of the specific scene in uh, Midsummer that this references, but it's got to be in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like this card. Uh, a, a wrath that sticks around. Like having to pay extra is. Uh, we've seen cards do that before, right? Like yeah. Black Sun Zenith and stuff, and Killing Wave. Yeah. Did a similar thing. Um, but this sticks around so that if things die in the future, then you get some kind of benefit from it, and it probably adds up. Like with Masker Worm, like whenever you cast Masker Worm Commander and it kills a few things, and something else dies, you're like, yeah, you lose life, and they're like, oh god, it, it racks up pretty quickly. So, I like this as a as a commander card as well for sure. Yeah, I love it. Big big fan of this. Easy hit. Uh, just yeah, this is one of my favourite bits oh, yeah, of art yeah. in the set. I think I love it. Yeah. And we get to the final one. The final one. It's Ren and Seven. Three green green for a legendary planeswalker Ren. Uh, plus one. Reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all the land cards revealed this way in your hand, and the rest in your graveyard. Zero. Put any number of land cards from your hand on the battlefield tapped. Minus three. Create a green tree folk creature token with reach and its creature's power and toughness equal to all the number of lands you control. And minus eight, return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. You get an emblem if you have no maximum hand size. There's a hit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Easiest hit of the lot. Uh, big ol' spooky pumpkin, Ren 7. I uh, love this card. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a planeswalker, so it's automatically a hit um, in every set there isn't War of the Spark. It has four abilities. Those abilities seem pretty good. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if this was quite playable. Yeah. It mulches for plus one, and then the zeros. It's like a scapeshift style effect, and then you make you can even it can even protect itself by making three minus three for at least a five five, and then it does a prayers cancel for minus eight for some reason. Yeah. It's great. I love this card. Yeah, it's just it's fantastic. Uh, I. I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna read the Innistrad story because I, I want to know what's going on with, with this. Like, why is there potentially werewolf uh, on like the the dryad slash tree folk slash whatever seven is? What's going on with the pumpkins? It, it's super cool. Like everything about this card is, is just cool. And this this is just one of one of those cards where like you just look at it and it sparks has that mythic spark to it. Like you look at that card and it's like yeah, this is cool. This is a cool card. This is the card I want to open in a booster pack. Yeah, for Easiest sure. Hit of that that altar is just absurd. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, I mean it, it's quite interesting that it's just mono green this time that, that around. Like, obviously, running six is red and green, so 
I wonder wonder why the why the change? Why is it just mono green? I guess you know maybe because we would have two red green planeswalkers in the set with all them being red as well. Uh, yeah, I guess that's probably the reason. But story wise uh, or flavor wise, why just why just green? Um, I mean maybe it depends on like. Oh, first of all, we never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all, I guess it depends on how Ren is feeling at the time. Yeah. So I imagine green is always part of the the, the tree folk that they inhabit. Yeah, totally. And then I guess Ren and Six, they were really angry. And this time they're like really chill about all these cool pumpkins lying around. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll get like a blue green one, a white green one, a black green one. At some point, like a Ren card that. You know, it's maybe Ren's like a f- five-color planeswalker who just happens to inhabit green creatures. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Maybe I'm sure it's a boring reason. One day. I'm sure it's a boring reason. Like they already had Arlen, so they couldn't make it red green. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's the actual <laughs> reason. But it's it's super cool though. Uh, I love this card. I love this set. I think, like personally, I just you know, we give everything a hit except that intrepid adversary. But even yep. then, like that design is is cool. It's a really cool space, and I, I hope that that's that space that they look at and use again in the future for things. I think the like pseudo multi kicker thing is quite interesting. Yeah, like they're still managing to. So they go back to an old plane for the third time, and s- s- manage to capture the feel of that plane, and even the mechanics of that plane really well. Yeah, and then still manage to innovate and make yeah. it feel Innistrad-y. It's, fa- it's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird that they're able to do this. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Just, I just love it. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if you know if they hit off the same beats for for Crimson Vow as well. Which I mean, I've got faith that that they will. Every time we've been to Innistrad, it's been fantastic. There's a lot of good, powerful, playable cards in this set. There's a lot for of. Sure cool cards that aren't playable but they're super cool to look at and you definitely want to open them you know in booster packs there's just a lot of incredible art there's a lot of incredible like variant art it just like once again feels like a perfect visit to Innistrad yeah I mean I'd, I'd be surprised if they managed to mess it up somehow yeah <laughs> it'd be genuinely impressive if they messed up Innistrad yeah same I'm more than happy more than happy for them to get uh Get Crimson Vow, knock that out of the park, and then leave Innistrad alone for a couple of years. Come back when Emrakul's ready to do a thing. Yeah, it's fun when like people uh, talk about how magic's not the same as it always was. They're doing Fortnite secret layers, and uh, they're doing all these tie-ins, and they're going to Neon Dynasty Kamigawa. It's not like magic, and then they go back to Innistrad and just completely nail it, and it's the most Magic the Gathering thing ever. Yeah. They're just trying new things. They haven't deviated from what they know is good and what they know works and what they know they're good at. Yeah, no, like, I don't know. I feel like I have so many, <laughs> so many, like, I don't know, counter arguments to so many of the, of the things I see. And, I, you know, some of them are kind of tedious and maybe not, you know, the most the most good faith arguments sometimes. But the whole, like, oh, it's Fortnite Secret Lair, oh, Warhammer 40k crossover, oh, magic's ruined, magic's not what it was, what it used to be. Like, I feel like a lot of these people forget or don't know or don't realize that like magic was originally meant to be that it was meant to be lots of different games all crossed over and played with each other. That's 
yep. you know the fact that it says deck master on the back is is the throwback to that like deck master was a bunch of different games you were meant to have magic the Gathering and, and jihad and vampire eternal struggle all playing with each other and against each other and it's always had real world references it's always had funny jokes it's always been tongue in cheek there have been robots in magic since alpha like <laughs> yeah like yeah. most of most of the sets on dominaria had like big mechs and big massive hulking machines like that... literally one of the cards is iron man like <laughs> yeah it's just yeah, I think it's a lot of... I don't know how people got this in their head, maybe it's people that played recently, but like even if you played recently, like, I don't know, how sort of old-school fantasy is Ixalan? Yeah. <laughs> Dinosaurs <laughs> and pirates, like... It's, uh... Magic's just kind yeah, of... Well, yeah, Ixalan's the, the dinosaur ninja pirate crossover set. Like, <laughs> if, yeah, that's, not, that's incredibly tongue-in-cheek, you know. I mean, even original Kamigawa was, like, not very magic. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Uh... Which is which? You know, like, why it didn't sell well, like typically, like you know, at the time, apparently. Well, no, the reason it didn't sell is because all the cards are dog shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the senses divining top and Mazaras GT pass. <laughs> um, but yeah, Magic's always been silly and uh, you know pushing the boundaries of sort of fantasy tropes, and I'm happy for them to continue doing that as long as their game is still playable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think, yeah, it's, like I always say, like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that that isn't for me, and I, I guess that's probably been true of you know most of Magic's history. Um, but what, you know, when they do put a set out that is for me, it's incredible. I think they've got it here perfectly within the Strad Midnight Hunt, Modern Horizons Two. That set was very much for me. Time Spiral Remastered. That set was very much for me. I think. Yeah, for every secret lair, it's very much for you. Hey, yeah, undefeated to Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> pro gamer. That was that was very much for me. Yeah, but uh, I just think this this set is great. This set is great. Um, can we just talk about one more card before we go? Because I saw this, of course, and, yeah. and oof, this this was this this is the prime example of magic, like just hitting so many beats, telling an amazing. Croaking counterpart again. No, no, this is um, <laughs> this is Morning Patrol. It's a common. It's two and a white. It's a two-three human soldier with vigilance, and has disturb three and a white. On the back, it's Morning Operation. Uh, it's a two-one. It's a spirit. It's flying vigilance and has if Morning Operation we put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. The card's fine. And the card's playable and limited probably, but that art and that flavor text. It, they tell such a story. They hit like so many beats within like within so little. I think th this is kind of like the perfect example of like just magic at its best, at its absolute best. You've got the you know the patrolman out in the graveyard with his dog, and he says, "It's creepy out here, isn't it, boy? I always feel like someone's watching us." And then on the back, obviously, you have when he's passed on and his dog's still around, but his dog can see him. And his dog runs up to him and gives him a, a big old lick, and he says, "You could see the spirits all along, couldn't you? Well, now I can too." It's very nice. Just yeah, it's great. Why am I getting emotional on magic cards? Because it's it's the best game ever, and when they get it right, <laughs> yeah, when they get it right, they get it right, and I think this is this is just a, the perfect example of of them getting it right. 
and it's on a throwaway common. This, it's always this, the way, though. 100%. Yeah, like, this is it. For every Fortnite secret lair, for every Lord of the Rings crossover, for every, like, Walking Dead thing that gets you mad and makes you want to quit the game and stop playing forever, like, every now and then they'll, they'll do something like this, and it'll just be a small throwaway thing that, like, it just evokes so much emotion that, yeah, it just really, really reminds you, like, why you fell in love with this game in the first place. Yeah, because you you see the depth and the flavour and the the cool art and all that stuff and, and people just don't... I don't know. Do people know, know these cards are here? I guess sometimes I it's quite hard to see this this stuff or all the, the, the secret layer alerts and all that, but yeah, I don't know. When you really take a step back and look, there's some incredible stuff. Yeah, but I think whoever's working on the... Even if we don't get, like, the the good stories anymore and really dive into the lore like whoever's whoever's dealing with the flavour of cards is just killing it yeah definitely every time, every time yeah cool I think that's all we have time for this week let us know how you feel about Innistrad Midnight Hunt do you think it's pretty much all hits like we do let us know your opinions on social media you can get at us on Twitter we are at HOFDcast facebook.com slash HOFDcast or if you've really enjoyed anything in this episode, would like to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon or at patreon.com slash hour of devastation. Tears start from as little as $1 per month for roughly 20 25 cents per episode. This podcast is brought to you by manleak.com where you can go and order Innistrad Midnight Hunt right now and use promo code HRFD5 to get 5% off your order. Nice. You can find me on my own personal social media. On Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOath. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Also stream on Twitch every Friday night. We play some magic. We have some fun. It's twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. Come hang out. It's a fun time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gene Sneeler. I always want to say nice. Yeah, still, still haven't got a bit. bit. Still haven't yeah. got a bit. I always want to say nice, but... <laughs> uh, you can... <laughs> that is your, that is your, your name, right, Gene? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Oh, that was, like, deep into like me just, like... I don't know. It's not even bullying or cyberbullying or like dunking on them, just like, I don't know, toying with transphobes on the internet. Um, one of them assumed that my name was Gene, as if my first name was Gene and my last name was Sneela. <laughs> it's <was laughs> extremely funny. I also got called uh, an ejaculator, which I thought was great. Um, no, I didn't want to break it to him that all people are able to ejaculate, maybe just not doing something right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find all sorts of stuff like that on on, on my, my Twitter profile. Gene. Oh god. Gene Sneeler. Awesome. It's very good. That's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfather has returned. So see you again next week on Arrow Devastation.